0: guys i'm struggling i'm struggling to understand if there's a phenomenon that i know you guys have experienced in the last in your life and figure out if it really matters in the same way that you guys can understand the feeling of being supremely fit feeling really good being in love being in the midst of a great friendship maybe it's as easy and earthbound as running your fingers through Fresh smelling grass, or something like that. We have all experienced that, and yet those things are foundationally real. I don't care who you are, you would say those things actually matter in life, but there's something else. Like, what do you guys think about the fact that when opportunity and preparation meet, they have a baby, and that baby is called luck? And even as I sit here and roll my eyes and think about the, the fact that luck probably isn't that real of a thing, we've all experienced it at some point, making it In fact, real. And yet I can feel like in my life when I've become more focused, maybe even successful, dare to say, I've let luck go down by the wayside. So we're going to try to figure it out here on a TGIM. Thank God it's Monday, ego killer motivation style, where we peel back layers of the human condition, giving out actionable, repeatable advice. And look, if we start the week off on a 10 with this TGI Monday, your worst day is going to be a nine, and we did it right. This week, it's all about luck. And by the end of today, I'm going to make sure that you guys have the means and the methods to create your, lo- your own luck by sticking out opportunities and being in the right place at the right time, because we know that that's what luck really is. But. I'm also going to prove to you guys today that luck ain't really really a thing at all. And why when we get older, when we get more successful, we rely a lot less on, well, luck for the most part. Made me think about my earliest real foundation with luck. And ain't really how you guys figure out luck is real too when you win those scratchers? Right, You got a bunch of dusty ass nickels sitting in the corner of your car somewhere that basically are there so that they function to scratch the crap out of those oddly like $5 scratchers. You're not going to win. And if you do win, you're just paying the state back its own freaking money. And I don't want to take your joy away from you. That's not my goal, (laughs) but... I, like you, figured out that, oh, monetary monetary windfalls have everything to do with luck, and that's maybe the best way to describe it. I was a kid. I was on the bus, public transport. I looked down, and I saw a bunch of dollar bills rolled up. Looking right and looking left, making sure nobody had their eyeballs on me, I sweeped those dollar bills up. I was so petrified that someone was going to find out that I held on to those things, hoping that the bus driver didn't see. I waited till everybody that was on the bus when I picked it up left and pocketed it and even thought, hey, if there's still someone on here, the old lady with the big ass shopping cart left, the dude with the huge jacket, the two day laborers, they all got off and left on the bus were a couple of loners like myself. And I thought, maybe it's theirs. But why would they be sitting way over there? Maybe it's the bus drivers. He wouldn't even notice him in his fingerless gloves. You know what? I might just pocket this and walk off. I felt a little bit bad, but then I decided I came up. That was my first encounter with luck. And so it must be real. Surely when I called all of my homies and told them what just happened on that bus, hey, how you doing? Guess what? I found $55 on the bus right now and told them I'm about to go rent some Nintendo games and order a pizza, $15 down the drain, best 15 I spent at that point, that there was such a thing as luck. Why was it? What is luck? Well, let's break it mm, all the way down. Before you guys ask why I was on the bus. I want you guys to maybe think about, well, why you guys are eating the way you are right now and how you can change it to be more in shape, more in tune with what your body needs by going to Johan Francis's website. That's me, CoachJohanCSCS.com. Download that free nutrition guide in PDF form. It's digital. You can access it right after you get done listening to me talk right here. When you're done, you have every piece of foundational nutrition pro science free right there with you and you'll be able to jumpstart yourself all right what is luck all right what is this thing that i'm going to show you guys doesn't really really exist okay because shy of winning and in fact in the comments let me know right now how many scratchers do you guys buy per month all right don't let it be 30. How many scratchers in the comments do you guys buy per month? I'm going to use that to gauge how many of you guys believe in luck. You might even, and you don't like that question, answer this one. Is there luck without there being money involved? Because that's the way that we think about it, right? You guys think of luck as those leprechauns and all that, like, slightly xenophobic (laughs) type stuff where if you're lucky enough to find the end of the rainbow, there goes that pot of gold. Like, that's luck. It's the luck. It's the items that you wear. It's the shield that you put up when you don't want bad things to happen. A lucky shirt. A lucky scarf. Something that provides a force field. Maybe against the hurling bullets of whatever society's stress du jour has in your particular case. Yo, I got my lucky V-neck on right here. This lucky V-neck makes me impervious to... Crap talking about the fact that I haven't grown a decent strand of hair in about 20 years (laughs) because I look good. My chest is all out, right? That's why we do the thing we do with our lucky clothes. Athletes use lucky pieces of equipment so that they could fall back on having a horrible day or game. If that failed for once and attribute all of the success to a higher power. When that lucky jersey, lucky socks end up making game-winning actions happen out of thin air. But by and large, what are we talking about? We're talking about that right place with that right time right there. That's luck. It's pretty simple. And since we understand how to be at the right time, we have a real conundrum. And the problem becomes, how do you guys end up in the right place at the right time? Only thing we know about time is that it spills like beer out of a beer mug goes from the mug out into the world forward and never goes backward. And it only goes forward as we oddly look back on it. If we could decide where that time was going to end up, I could predict where that beer was going to go if it spilled out of my cup. I could stick a bucket under and catch all the beer. I could be right. I could be. I could pick up the, hey, no, nah, give me the fifth scratcher in the back right there because I already know that that's the one that's going to win. I saw that time. Well, we don't know when time's going to unfold for us in a positive light. And so luck, well, being in the right place at the right time only provides a little bit of the answer. Like, how do we get to the right spot? How do we become the three-point shooter on the team ready to drain those three when the point guard is a ball hog and all the point guard's going to do is drive to the hoop every single time and try to lay it up? Point guard can ball. Point guard puts points on the board. But I'm over here in the background at the three-point arc ready to drain a few. Let me get that ball, that luck. How do I do it? I have to hover in the back. right? I have to be in the three-point line. I have to kind of just be in the right place hoping it's my time. That doesn't sound real efficient. And if you decide in your life you're going to wait out opportunity You might be waiting a very long time. That definition of luck, right place, right time, is not very satisfying. We don't know when it's going to happen. And if I'm just going to stay in one place the whole time, the ego wins. It's safe. It's comfortable. It's easy. It all sounds like a bunch of magic, doesn't it? Hmm. Some of the habits that lucky people have that I've noticed in life where I look at you guys and maybe even when I take a retrospective on myself and found out that luck really didn't matter inside of my own life had to do with just kind of grinding away for a really, really long time, doing things the right way and not waiting on expectation to be fulfilled. I mean... If you knew that you were going to take your best shot at a promotion, you're going to line up your training, get your certifications done. You're going to talk to all your colleagues. You're going to network around that new field that you're going to go into. And then you're going to take your tests. And then you're going to buff yourself up for that promotion right there. Even if you don't get it, you did everything in your power to get it. Are you lucky or not? Most of us would argue that you're not lucky because you didn't get the end result. But what if you did? Would you consider yourself lucky? I wouldn't. I would say that you stop relying on this thing called luck, and it's up to the rest of us to decide if you were lucky or not. And again, because I'm a luck hater, (laughs) I'm going to say, nah, you weren't lucky. You just prepared yourself the right way. My favorite non-kickboxing Muay Thai fighter is Francis Ngannou. Francis is a huge dude. He's training with Mike Tyson already right there. I don't even recall Mike Tyson being like a trainer other than being, you know, talking a lot of shit in a very funny way on his podcast. Having, you know, Ryan Garcia call Gravante Davis up and, you know, pop off about whether or not he want the smoke or whatever it is the avuncular forever boxing guru that at one point was a fierce Olympic-level boxer, nay, historian of boxing, Mike Tyson has now become a master. He's an S-class trainer because Francis Ngannou has sought out his counsel and how he should move forward with his boxing career and it's gone all good up until this point my guy has won his heavyweight title in the ufc left the ufc went on to go to do his boxing thing ended up scoring a fight with tyson fury who at the time was the disputed but lineal heavyweight champion inside of boxing. So now you have a guy who has never boxed, but it it is his childhood dream, such that he had to work in sand mines as a youngster and escape through two different countries, starting in Cameroon, make his way to the States, Then apparently by proxy make his way through winning MMA titles like that was just part of the journey to become a pro level boxer to become a boxer. He had to reject a massive bag. Some say the biggest bag any heavyweight fighter would have ever won. Although that, you know, probably is just some talk in order to become a boxer. Like if I knew that that's what it took to become a boxer and I grew up like. In America like if I was born now like let's just say I'm 10 and I'm like that's what you got to do to become a professional boxer is I have to leave two countries I have to mine rare earth minerals with my hands <laughs> and then I have to dominate a complete other sport and then maybe by the time I'm like 38 I'll be able to box I'd be like fuck that sign me up for the C++ program <laughs> Like, let me, no, I'll go to culinary school instead, sous vide, right? I'll sous vide some steak or something. He did it this way. He made a bag. What amazes me about his story is he fought Tyson Fury, who is a lights out, lights out, technical level boxer. At six foot seven, maybe he's extraordinarily talented inside the ring, a craftsman of boxing and Francis. And this has a lot to do with because they are heavyweights and capable of just running down anything and anyone that's in their way by sheer force of will and power and muscle mass alone. There just ain't that many six, four dudes running around with that type of muscle. So, like, them versus anyone, they win. Francis managed to knock down the heavyweight champ in a sport he does not have supreme champion level expertise in. Now, forget the fact that everybody who commented on these things thought he was making massive mistakes left and right. That man personified what it meant to be lucky. He even scored a lucky knockdown on the champion. He threw this counter left hook. It hit from maybe his middle finger down to his pinky across the above the ear-ish area on Tyson Fury. And boy, went down like a sack of nickels. And yes, Tyson Fury has been sat down numerous times inside of his professional career by multiple, multiple people. I dare say Klitschko did it, and, and you know, uh, Wilder did it, and Cunningham knocked him down. He gets clocked, but he always gets back up. France is just another guy in the list able to knock him down. Luckiest dude in the world, luckiest punch ever. Only we retell that story the salt, the sand mine. The crossing to customs agencies, the poverty, my guy was pushing to something his entire life. And, well, when his time came to make the decision not to take that giant ass bag that was tossed his direction, he said, you know what I'm not going to do? Sell out. You know what I am going to do? Redefine value for myself based on my own ethics and what I believe is right about the world in front of me. And I want to include you, old homie, you, future opponent, you, family and friends, all you guys in this thing that we're doing that runs counter to what we believe modern capitalism is all about, for example. Let me do that. Does that sound like luck to you or does it sound like you kind of planned all that? And then at the end of the day, that punch, that came. He landed like so many lucky punches from so many other fighters, big, tall, man, woman, skilled, unskilled and sloppy. Are those lucky shots? It's tough for me when I watch a lot of fights and I say that was a lucky punch. Like I really have to break it down so deeply in order to define that that was luck. The act of fighting at the professional level is so, so nuanced And broken down piece by piece into its titrated minutiae that almost nothing is left up to entropy, error, and chance. Everything is planned. Everything is planned, right? It's like when when your wife or girlfriend wants to go to Disneyland. Like every bathroom breaks. Everything is planned. Such that there is no such thing as a lucky shot. There's only right place and right time. It's that preparation. So luck really isn't a thing, is it? Some of the habits of the luckiest people that I've ever met, some of the best champions like Francis and Gnu are, well, they constantly are training, preparing, and they let the rest of the world kind of unfold on its own. I will add to that, not really thinking about expectation at all and leveraging your entire life not not on the whim of expectation letting expectation just kind of be its own entity never expecting results that come your way act without expectation but only look for the fruit of those expectations the results the outcomes, the gains. Go into your next session of training. You're going to lift weights, whatever it might be. Expecting not only to feel good, but expecting to lift a little bit more than you did the last time. Expect to move a little bit better, to add to your mobility, add to your flexibility. right? Expect to feel better simply by showing up and working hard. Do not expect to do the best you ever did. Try to. Do not expect to jump higher than you ever have. Simply try to. And those are the habits of really lucky individuals. They set themselves up, and if they get that lob over home plate, it's going yard. There's a book called The Luck Factor, and I'll break down in that book by a Richard Wiseman, the four keys. So I'm going to go over each of the four keys. And I'm going to tell you if I believe that this is a foundation of you guys. Like, I'm going to tell you if you guys should go out there and look for like, like the end of the rainbow. Is it worth it? Is there gold in that pot? Or are those like chocolate buttons? Is luck an actual thing? The first thing that Wiseman talks about in The Luck Factor is maximizing chance opportunities. Yes, this one checks out. Chance opportunities. Getting the biggest bag you've ever heard of inside of your job, inside of your career. Having to make the decision whether to take that bag or to, at that point, staunchly put your feet down and redefine your value system and look for something different. Not monetarily, it is setting yourself up for those opportunities and maximizing them right there. Why? Well, your opportunity might be something different. In fact, maybe if you are getting a bag thrown at you, you're getting a raise, it's because you are valued and you are skilled at your job. Someone's looking to praise you for that with money, maybe they're telling you Maybe they're underpaying you, quite frankly, in that raise that you're getting. It's a little bit too low. And the only way that you're going to tell, well, you got to go test the market. So for you to know that your value is really high, you have to go take on new opportunities. That one checks out 100%. Expecting good fortune. I'm not on the, I'm on the fence about that one, all right? So Wiseman says that expecting good fortune is one of the cornerstones of luck. Lucky people are optimistic about the future and expect their interactions to be successful. This expectation becomes a self-fulfilling property, prophecy because it helps motivate people to persist in their efforts. I'm never going to knock optimism whatsoever at all. I do believe that there is a distinct possibility. Um, Demarcation between pessimism and optimism. Pessimism is reframing your negative outlook such that the next moves you make fit in to that negative outlook. Not the opposite. Not the other way around. It isn't that bad things are happening to you so you think that the next thing that happens is going to be bad. We actually create with our micro intelligence. We create poor opportunities in order for those to fit in to our pessimistic worldview that we have created for ourselves. We build a house. We use terrible material. Then we go ahead and park our Rolls Royce in there. No, we don't, right? We park the hoopty. In order to make this whole terrible house with terrible materials make sense, I can't put anything nice in there the behaviors have to match the framework of negativity. Optimism on the other hand works exactly the same way. If you consider, if you build yourself a nice location, a nice house with nice material, poor quality, poor experiences, they might be able to be you might be able to park your hoopty inside of that poor house. Inside excuse me inside of that nice establishment that you built. But you'll quickly find that it doesn't belong and seek to match what's there already. Look, it is really you framing your life and fulfilling it with experiences that are neither good or bad. That is all about optimism and pessimism. Now, are lucky people more optimistic or pessimistic? I'm going to say I noticed for myself when I was... When I stop believing in luck altogether, right? So, apparently you're more pessimistic if you see luck in the world. You're, Excuse me, you're more optimistic if you see luck in the world. Well, I think if you're optimistic, you don't need luck anymore. So, yeah, I think that there is a little bit of a connection to that. But I also laugh when I think of guys like Sir, my guy Serga that I always talk about. Or some of my old trainees. Some of you guys that... Make jokes about stuff because you have this pessimistic worldview, but you found a way to use that to motivate you. Um, in the same way that a comedian turns, you know, jocularity out of horrible trash that's happened in their life, it's kind of like that. So I'm on a fence with that one. Turning bad luck into good, he says. Lucky people tend to have a resilient attitude to turn misfortune into something positive. You grow up having to dig for sand, right? That could actually play out in your life. You're never going to change that around. So you have to build resiliency if you want to be able to say, nah, that ain't my life. I'm not supposed to be here digging sand. I'm supposed to be a professional boxer at the highest level. Resiliency has to build. Resiliency, however, is a skill. And you need to learn to build resiliency, you need to learn to be mindful when things are tough. You have to invite gratitude where ego starts to take over in your life. And so resiliency, much like being able to make your own silkscreen t-shirt with your logo and face complete replete with thumbs up and big cheese and ass grin is a skill. And resiliency being a skill is not granted to everybody. And so, do I think luckier people are more resilient? Well, I think resilient people create more opportunities for yourself, for sure. And lastly, Wiseman talks about listening to hunches as lucky people. The openness that you have increases the likelihood of chance opportunities. So... Me finding fifty five bucks on a bus and you guys ripping open them scratchers. Like, look, luck the last time I believed in it in nineteen ninety-two or ninety three or four, whenever that was, that was had nothing to do with my hunch. I didn't sit down at that, you know, slot machine and be like, there she is. That's the one that's going to help me pay my rent for six months. As I know some of my friends and some of their family members that I've heard great stories about. And I've even been in the casino with them. And yeah, they'll attack one, two, three machines. They're over there getting... Information from the uh, croupiers or the servers about what machine that they should be sitting in front of. And then they sit in front of that machine. They feed that thing until it's fat, corpulent with their nickels, with their dollars, until that thing vomits a bunch of money all up in the tray in front of them. Lucky hunch. Well, I think if you're mindful enough to listen to hunches at all, you're already separated from those of people who don't listen to hunches. And after meeting with so many of you guys over the years, I'll say this. We talked about luck right now. And what we talked about was basically two things. Are you listening and looking for the positive signals around you or not? Right? I didn't need to look at signals to win $55 to find that on the bus. That was luck, pure luck, nothing but luck. It will never happen again. And I'm okay with that. You guys, when you win your scratchers might never happen again, but my friends whose uncles kill it at the casino, they're not just sitting there drunkenly tossing, silver you know currency into these slot machines they're asking people they're looking they're reading signs they're using a hunch because they think at some point they're going to win that they can speed up time and time's going to be right there and they're going to be in the right place and so there's this do you listen to yourself at all and those of us Those of you that I've met over the years that don't, you guys have a totally different life experience than the people I can convince to listen to themselves a lot more. Those of you who have shown me how to listen to my inner belief a little bit more. Those folks who go and make their own destiny from nothing, which essentially is listening to yourself a little bit more. And I can almost take it a step further and say when we're not listening to any type of hunch, when we're not open, when we're not doing the things that Wiseman says luckier people do, when we're not doing that, our ego is doing all the work. Our ego is doing all the work. We need to remember that gratitude, the enemy, they owe each other gratitude. Man, ego owes gratitude money. They can't be in the same place at the same time. When you're listening to your hunches, when you're being mindful, you start to think about what you're really grateful for. And that can actually, well, it can actually out yell the ego and get your mind right and get your mind, grease that, grease those gears of the mind. And that's what I feel. While luck isn't real, lucky people are real. And that means the luckiest among us us are actually positive thinkers, people who can use gratitude and grease the gears of motivation and positivity within. And guess what? You build more resiliency that, that way. Tell a friend, tell your fam, tell your people, make my life easier, and get the word out right there. All right, I'm going to leave you with that right there. We're going to kick it off this week with some lucky, lucky, lucky moves. And tomorrow when we get after it, I'm going to talk to you guys about BFR bands. We're going to take this thing on Tuesday to YouTube. I'm going to do some strength training for you guys, how to maximize your workouts without doing a whole lot of that thing. Stay tuned for that. CoachJohanCSCS.com. Get your jumpstart going already. It's free. It's not going to be just waiting for you. Put yourself in the right place so the right time could creep up on you. CoachJohanCSCS.com. Everything you need to know about that nutrition, everything, all the questions you want to ask, I'm going to answer them for you on that PDF. And last, but most importantly, until tomorrow, stay all the way up.